And this morning, I got a word from the Lord for us um, that I want to share with you. And this is a word, uh, uh, I'm going to start with a scripture verse the Lord put on my heart at the end of this past year. And uh, we'll talk about some prayer and fasting here in a few moments. But I, I have to share this word with you today because it's been speaking so much life to me. It's been speaking a lot of direction to me. It's been speaking a lot of things that bring perspective. And I'm praying and believing it's going to do the same for you. And it's one of those simple Bible verses. But sometimes the Lord takes those simple things and speaks a lot. Amen. And that's my prayer today. He's going to say something to you. Not just the preacher say something to you, but God says something to you. Amen. How many of you want to hear from God? It's cool to hear from me, but if the Lord says something to you, I think it's going to stick. Or it better. Amen. Here's the verse. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. And some of you are like, ooh, Lord, we're going to the Old Testament. Let's go. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. And I'm going to paraphrase it, but this is where I want to get you. This is, what the, this is the word of the Lord. It's not by might nor by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. I want to read that to you again. This is the word of the Lord, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Now, this is a word of God that was spoken to a man named Zerubbabel. Okay? And this man has the task of rebuilding the temple that was destroyed by the Babylonians. This was the place of worship for the children of God, and it was destroyed by the Babylonians. They were taken captive by the Babylonians because of their compromise. Amen? They were taken captive because of their compromise, and so much of their life was destroyed. And this man, Zerubbabel, the Lord was working in his life, and he was tasked to rebuild the temple. Come on, there's some things in your life you want to see God rebuild this year. Amen. And so he had this task to rebuild the temple and God spoke to him at just the right time. And that's what I'm praying for today, that God will speak to you at just the right time. And here's what we know. We can all try with all of our might and all of our strength to accomplish all things in life. We can try, but it's not always easy. Look at your neighbor and say, I struggle sometimes. Come on, get it off your chest. Let them know, I struggle sometimes. Struggling. We can put our best effort into trying to build something significant, but I think that we have all learned by now that in and of our own strength, we just do not have all of the capacity to do it. Come on, how many of you have learned? You got a little wisdom under your belt and learned we need some help. Yeah. Amen? I've learned it, man. I need help. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty good, but I ain't that good. Amen? And we need some help because we're trying to build a life. We're trying to build families. We're trying to build businesses. We're trying to build careers. We're trying to raise some kids that, that do something right, amen, in, in a crazy world. We're trying to do all of these things. And I, I just feel like we have exhausted all of the natural, emotional, psychological, and mental means that are out there. Like, seriously, we have exhausted. Like, what other piece of information can you read that's going to make the difference? We've read it all. 
We've read so much about mental health. We've gone to counselors. We've gone to doctors. We've gone to marriage counselors. At some point, we've got to say, hey, Lord, I need some help. Amen? I, I, I need some help. And I believe that there are people right here in this room who are desperate for the help that only God can give. Amen? That only God can give. And I want to... I'm gonna, shift to this verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Uh, this is one of those verses in the Bible. I, I, I'll tell you what we called them when I was in Bible college. We called these the, uh, the sugar verses in the Bible. These are the verses that, that make it on the wall in the house. This is the verse that when you go to Hobby Lobby, they got a print. You know what I'm saying? They got a print. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, this is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Boy, isn't that a good verse? You ain't even seen it yet. You had not even thought what God's got for you. That's why it makes it on the wall. Because that's one of them verses you want to keep in front of you. And so many times we read that verse alone, all by itself, and we get super fired up because we feel like God's going to do something. God's about to do something. I don't know what it is, but God's about to do something. And if we had just kept reading, because verse 10 says, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. Whew. I got a, I got a feeling. I don't know what it is. And that's as far as most people go whenever January comes around. I got a feeling that something good is about to happen. I got a feeling something good is in store. I can sing a song for you. And that's as far, I don't know what it is, but I got a good feeling. We go to church, I got a feeling. I got a feeling. And that's as far as people go because they just don't know. But what if it could be revealed to you? What if it could be revealed to you? And I want to stand here today and tell you that God can reveal these things to you by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. You say, I feel like God's been keeping secrets about me. There's something he's not telling me. And I believe you can hear what he has to say by his spirit. For no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. How many of you want to know? Come on, wave at me. How many of you want to know? I want to know, man. I don't want to just live this life with a good feeling. I want to live this life with good things happening. Amen? Not just the anticipation. I want to be a part of it. Like, I want to walk in it. I don't want to just talk about one day. I want to talk about what God is doing today, right now. Maybe I'm not seeing it because my attention is elsewhere, but hello, Lord, you got my attention. You've got my attention. And perhaps that's what the Lord's been trying to do with you is get your attention. Maybe some of the battles that you've been facing 
it hasn't been about the battle, but it's been about your attention. Maybe some of the struggles that you've had that just aren't going away and you're working it to make them go away, make them go away. Maybe God is using it just to get your attention. I'm not saying God caused it. Listen, don't blame God for the crazy that we create for ourselves. You better tweet that because that's good. (laughs) Maybe he's using it to get your attention. Maybe some things that are being shaken up in your life, maybe it isn't necessarily about those things. Maybe it's God just trying to get your attention. This year, like never before, I believe it's time we realize our need for God's spirit in our lives. And I want to kick off this year, 2023, with a series entitled, Let's Get Spiritual. Let's get spiritual. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you that you do have things in store. And we get excited about that when we hear it. It's inspiring. It gives us hope. It makes us anticipate the possibilities. But Father, we don't want just to have a feeling. We want you. We want what you have for us. And we want to be who you want us to be. So Father, I pray that your spirit will begin to reveal what you have, the deep secrets. And that you will begin to show us what's in store so that we can walk in it. And not just what you want to give us, but who you want to make us to be. And so, Lord, today we're opening our hearts and our ears to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, no doubt about it, when you start talking about being spiritual, People can get spooked out. Can make people a little bit nervous, am I right? Because we all have that person of reference in mind that when we think about spiritual, they come to mind. How many of y'all, y'all already thought of that person? You know what I'm saying? Like right now, like, ooh, can't do that. Mm-mm. No, no, not me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You see, you're thinking of them. Don't judge them. We're in church. But you're thinking about them. And for some reason, when we think about being spiritual, that person comes to mind. My hope is that I can present this in such a way that when we talk about being spiritual, that Jesus comes to mind instead of crazy Sally. You know what I'm saying? Because just because you're spiritual doesn't mean that you're holy spiritual. Some crazy people out there, y'all, doing some weird stuff. You know what I'm saying? All that moon, crystal, I don't know, bro. Don't mess with it. (laughs) So I'm not talking about being spooky and weird, but I am talking about having some spiritual wisdom. Amen? Um, When we talk about the Holy Spirit, when we're talking about being spiritual, we are making reference to the very Spirit of God, okay? And we have to understand that if it's called Holy Spirit, then it's a spirit of holiness, which is a good thing. Now, when you and I hear holy, we think about that comment, oh, they just think they're holier than thou. Do not measure holiness from that. 
That one line can steal away the true essence and meaning of what holiness is. But rather, when you think about holiness, you have to think about being set apart. Saved for a purpose. Amen? Pure, undefiled, innocent, right. This is, these are the words that define what holiness is truly all about. And for some reason, these words like spirit and holy become hijacked in our culture to lead us to believe that for a person to be holy positions them to be in a place that they judge other people because they're not as good as them. That is not what holiness is, because if you're holy, you don't judge. Because holiness is to be like God. And if you call yourself holy and you judge people, you ain't holy. I love you. Happy New Year. (laughs) Like holiness is doing it right. And that's what we want. We want to do it right. In fact, we want people to do us right. Amen? And so we see that there is a need for holiness in our world. Can I tell you, we need you to be holy. You need me to be holy. We need some people to be holy. Am I right? And just because holiness is hard doesn't mean we don't aim for it. But it points us to the need for the helper. And that's why God said, let me help you out. How good is God that he doesn't just set a standard. He says, I'm going to set a good standard for you because you're worth it but I'm going to help you out with it. And so I'm going to give you my very spirit, the spirit of holiness, to influence you, to lead you, to guide you, to fill you, to help you to be holy so that you can live this set-apart, sanctified, pure, innocent, and righteous kind of life. God knew what he was doing. It's like he knew he would struggle. And so he said, Let me make a plan. How many of y'all are planners in here? You should love the Lord. He's a better planner than all of us put together. How many of y'all are really good planners? Come on, brag on yourself, repent later. But you're, you know what I'm saying? You're like, I'm a, he's better than you. He is. And I can't understand that planners don't plan to spend time with the best planner. Seriously. He's good, and he's got great, amazing plans for our lives. But this is one thing I've learned about planners. Sometimes we have a hard time trusting because that might not be in the plan. His plan is so, so very good. And he knew we would struggle, even with our own plans. So he said, let me send some help. So he sends us the Holy Spirit. Here's some things I've observed about people's reaction to the Spirit of God, okay? I've observed that just some people, they just don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And that's okay. Just don't know. Because I hope to show you some things, to give you some perspective. Because you'll realize, once you learn about the Holy Spirit, you're like, I'll take him. I will. I need him in my life like you don't even know. Then there are some people who just forget about the Holy Spirit. Uh, just so used to running and gunning. I got this to do, got that to take care of. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And then we get overwhelmed. We're losing our mind up in here, you know what I'm saying, and all those things. And then we realize, oh, wait a minute. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I forgot you sent me a helper. I'm sitting here getting mad because 
ain't nobody helping me. You ever did that before? Never told no one you needed help. (laughs) And you're throwing a fit because no one's helping you. And God's like, been right here the whole time trying to help you. Sometimes we just forget about the Holy Spirit. But then sometimes people do get spooked out by the Holy Spirit. I mean, after all, he's also called Holy Ghost. And you start bringing ghosts into the picture, and people are like, I'm out. Am I right? Like, let's just be real. Let's be real. When you start saying, yeah, man, I, I love the Holy Ghost, people just give you that look. And they say things under their breath like, oh, she's one of them people. And it was the person that you thought of a few minutes ago. Sometimes you're just spooked out by the Holy Spirit. And it comes from not knowing who the Holy Spirit really is and trying to determine who the Spirit is based off of somebody else who probably wasn't the best representation of who the Holy Spirit is. Um. Sometimes people get really weird with the Holy Spirit. And if you've been around the church world, especially in the charismatic circles, people do some weird things under the Spirit, if you know what I mean. And you'll see people doing some really out-of-character stuff that makes everybody really, really nervous. And because there's a, there's a lack of understanding for it, we just like, whoa, not me. And what's hard is we, we, we just throw the whole thing out. Because we just equate that for me to be spiritual, I've got to be like that. And I want to help you. For you to be spiritual, you don't need to be like that. You just need to be like Jesus. Amen? Amen. Come on, that's really good. I I don't know. Listen, I'm not trying to imitate your spiritual expression. Okay? Like, there's no need for that. I'm just trying to be who God wants me to be. And I will take all the help I can get because I know me. And don't amen too much on that because we know you too. All right? We got you. Your wife told us. And then there are some people. Yep, look. Some people don't know. Some people forget. Some people spooked out. Some people get weird. But there are some people that truly live spirit-filled and spirit-led. And when you look at their life, you can see God's hands on them. You can see that they have received the help that only God can give. And so many things in their life, let me describe it like this, are in order. There's a peace. Oh, there's struggles. But there's a peace that comes with it. They have temptations, but they stay on the straight and narrow road because they have a compass. They have a conviction. They have a guide. And it's the very spirit of God. And while we live in a world that is looking everywhere to try to find answers, we're looking everywhere but the place that the answer is actually found. And that answer is found in the Holy Spirit. That's where the answer is truly found. I want to remind you again, I want you to write this down, what it means to be spiritual. And I I want to make sure that you get this because I do not want to misrepresent God or paint the wrong picture or to even advertise an emotional crutch for real everyday needs. Because again, I do not need you and you do not need to be in a place just that you feel better about something. Amen? You need to be in a place that you can get better. 
And only God can help you to do this. So what it means to be spiritual is to become more like Jesus. Bottom line, if somebody asks you, hey, what does Emerged Church think about being spiritual? Don't try to explain all of the different aspects of the Holy Spirit. Sum it up right here. It means to become more and more like Jesus. Amen? Amen. See that right there. You just, the whole, I felt the room change when I said it that way. Because some of you thought we were going to make you clap and dance around and do a little shake and bake and all that stuff. I need you to be like Jesus. I'm telling you, I need you to be like Jesus at work. Shake and bake at work ain't going to change nothing. They're going to think you're weird and you're probably going to get rode up. Okay? Do that stuff in your car. At the red light, not while you're driving. But if you become like Jesus, it's going to make the difference in your workplace. It's going to make the difference in your home. It's going to make a difference in your marriage. Come on. It's going to make a difference raising kids. You're going to have better relationships. I promise you, that is the difference. So when we're talking about being spiritual, we're talking about becoming more like Jesus. And here's why. The Holy Spirit will always point you to Jesus. He will always point you right on back to Jesus, and he will always lead you and guide you into who God wants you to be. He will always do it. Now, the struggle is you and I have ideas about who we want to be, and we have our reactions of, uh, of what other people are. And most of us, that's who we've become. Like, you, you have settled in your mind. The reason that you are as angry as you are is because people always do something to make you angry. No, you're an angry person. You just took advantage of that person who pressed the button. You didn't have to act like that. Am I right? Look at your neighbor and say, you need to calm down. Goodness, great. What is wrong with us, man? <laughs> See some of this right here. This is like marriage counseling for some of y'all. You're like, I needed this. Holy Spirit's always pointing us to Jesus, always pointing us to who God wants us to be. In fact, watch this. The Holy Spirit will always remind you of what Jesus taught. Listen, if you got a notion or some kind of inkling inside of you or some kind of nudge that led you to do something and you want to call it the Holy Spirit, but it is not scriptural, I want to tell you that is not the Holy Spirit. That's weird. That is off. Seriously, that is your spirit, but we're so, watch this, we're so intoxicated with the feelings that we can't tell the difference. We cannot tell the difference. When we're talking about being spiritual, we're talking about becoming like Jesus. We're talking about the word of God coming alive to us. As Cynthia mentioned starting the 21 days of prayer and fasting. When you have a spiritual emphasis in your life and you allow God to fill you with the spirit, there are things in the Bible that you may read and not understand that the Holy Spirit will just turn the light on. And all of a sudden, it makes sense. And it was like, I needed that verse. Well, what does it say? Well, it says this and this. That has nothing to do with your situation. I know, but it has everything to do with me. Yeah. That's the Holy Spirit that is doing that. He will lead you into God's will. You know, you know how we pray that? Lord, give me your will. I just want to, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This year is the year of God's will in my life. 
Amen. I believe it. I believe it. Standing on God's word. But then you live the rest of your year doing your own will. And the Holy Spirit's trying to say, hey, I thought you were doing the God's will thing. God, why you didn't get my attention? And he said, I tried. I sent people. I did. I sent people. They told you that, and you just ran through that red light because you were flying through life because you had all these things that you wanted to do. Come on now. Happy New Year. God made you and I to be spiritual, okay? And again, it's so, it's so hard to say that because when, when, when we look at this through our filter, our cultural filter, there is a stigma with being spiritual that, let's just be honest, I don't want nothing to do with that. But just because the, the expression is wrong doesn't mean that the spirit isn't real. Amen? Just because people are the way they are with spiritual things doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is crazy like them. So let's not avoid the very thing that God gave us that we need because of somebody else. Amen? Amen? First Corinthians chapter 6, 19 tells us that you and I are the temple or the house of the Holy Spirit. God did not want to dwell in a building. I will be honest with you. When you come into this place right here, I know we use this building as a church, but I need you to know there is nothing holy about this building. Thank God for it. Amen. Amen. But you have to understand, God did not want to come and live up in this room. He wants to live in you. You're worth way more to him than a cathedral. They can spend millions building a cathedral with the finest, and God's like, it has nothing on what I made when I made you. And God wants to dwell inside of each of us, which means that you and I were created to be spiritual. And Scripture tells us that we can be spirit-filled and we can be spirit-led. This is what it means. It means that God has given us himself, his very spirit, to be a holy internal influence that produces godly living from the inside out. I'm not talking about a New Year's makeover where I'm going to step into the changing room and put on a different Bible verse, put on a different playlist for 21 days and come out and fake it till I make it. I'm talking about something changing from the inside that lasts through January, February, March, April, and May, all the way through the year 2080. Amen? I'm talking about something that has eternal ramifications and not just, hey, this is my thing right now. We're not looking for a spiritual trend. We're looking for a spiritual change. Amen? Amen. Come on, man. God's given us this wise guide to direct our steps right into his plans. Because when you get the Holy Spirit, you get it all. You get the wisdom. You get the counsel. You get the understanding. You get the endurance. You get the power. You get the authority. I'm telling you, there is so much to the Spirit of God that we need that we're just standing over here like, I ain't going to do all that. And be like her, I ain't doing all that. 
And God's like, I don't want you to be like her. I want you to be like me. I want you to be wise like me and make some wise decisions. How many of y'all know somebody that need to make some wise decisions? They need the Holy Spirit. And God has given us his very spirit. So can I tell you, there is nothing to be nervous about the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is God's spirit. Let's not miss out. So think of it this way. We are meant to live for way more than what we're living for right now. And I will say it inspirationally. God has so much in store for you. And you should receive that. Even though I said earlier, don't just get inspiration. No, you need to receive this. Because the inspiration behind this is coming from the Holy Spirit. Because I'm not just trying to lead you to a feeling. I'm trying to lead you to purpose. Amen? I'm trying to lead you to the very place, the very person that God wants you to be. But in order for that to happen, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit. Let me, let me summarize that for you. You can't make it happen. You can just say yes and follow. He makes it happen. And he does the work in you. And I've been praying for 2023. And, and watch how I'm going to say this. I'm praying for a spiritual awakening. A spiritual awake where we wake up and say, oh, I need that Holy Spirit that you're talking about to lead me and guide me and get me there because I keep driving this highway and I never made it. I keep falling short. I keep missing the mark. I need some help. And God gives you his spirit. So let's break this down a little bit. When I say let's get spiritual, I want to, I want to bring this to some practical places in your life. When I say let's get spiritual, I'm talking about walking in your spiritual identity as a son or a daughter of God. See, a lot of us, we struggle with who we are because we don't know whose we are. You, you got to know your father. And if you knew your father, Father God, you would realize you're part of an amazing family, regardless of how your family is on earth. Your spiritual identity gives you confidence. When you walk as a son of God, as a daughter of God, you, you begin to realize that my dad is the greatest. He's undefeated. He's unconquered. He created it all. My dad's better than your dad. You remember those little conversations. My dad will beat up your dad. Y'all remember those little lines? Come on, man. Yeah. Well, it's true. But we don't walk like that. We walk through life like that situation is bigger than God. We deal with those situations like it's going to take me out instead of, hold on, let me go tell my dad. Your spiritual identity as a son or daughter of God will give you confidence 
we can walk in spiritual identity. Number two, we can walk in spiritual maturity. You can walk into some, some spiritual maturity because this is what I've learned. You don't just see a picture of who God wants you to be and you're just like, I'm just going to go and do that. No, no, no. You grow into that. And I've found that God likes to use people, some difficult people in your life, to help you to become who he wants you to be. Really? Yeah. Can I tell you, the Lord has used so many people to help me get where I am right now. Some of you. And the Lord has used me to help some of you get where you are. And you say, are you saying I'm difficult? Hey, if you're saying I'm difficult, maybe I'm saying, you. I don't know what I'm saying. All I'm saying is... <laughs> We got to walk in spiritual maturity. What I'm talking about is growing into who God wants us to be. And that, my friends, is called character. See, we want all the blessings of God, but we don't even have the character to sustain us when we receive it. And God loves you so much that it ain't about the stuff to him. Stuff passes away. It goes, it move on. He's he, you, you, you're worth it to him. And so he's smart enough and wise enough to say, let's develop some character in you. That's what it means to walk in spiritual maturity, to have some good spiritual character development. Here's another one. Walk in spiritual community. That's what it means to be spiritual. We're going to walk in spiritual community. You were meant to walk with other believers. No such thing as solo Christianity. God doesn't do orphans. He brings them into his house. He doesn't leave them out. And you can't act like an orphan when God's saying, uh-uh, you belong in my house at my table. Come and say, but God, I'm not worthy enough. It's okay, I will make you worthy. But God, I've sinned. It's okay, I will forgive your sins. I can handle it. Come and sit at the table. We were supposed to be a part of a spiritual community, and that spiritual community is called the church. That is our spiritual family, and let me say it like this. It's also our spiritual army. How many of y'all got some people in your family that if you got in a fight, they coming? See, you didn't know you could talk like that in church. Some of us have gotten into some trouble, and instead of going to our spiritual family and talking to some people that know how to do a little bit of warfare, we stayed on our own and tried to fight it off the whole time. And what do we usually do? We start negotiating. And you can't negotiate with the devil. You just got to kick his tail. And you better have some people in your spiritual family that says, let's go to war. You know what I'm saying? That's the church. That's what we're here to do. I want you to win. I want you to make it. Amen. I know we're going to walk through some things and there might be some times where we go at it, but we're trying to go in the same direction. We passionate people. Come on. If you passionate, you can expect to fight with somebody. Just aim to fight in the right direction. Let's fight together, baby. Sometimes I can strangle you. Well, let's not strangle each other. Let's strangle this situation. That's trying to split us apart. Come on, tag team. Let's go. That's being spiritual. Cynthia said, mm. okay. come on, this is good. Spiritual identity, spiritual maturity, spiritual community. We can walk in spiritual abilities. We're talking about discovering and using spiritual gifts. Yeah, God's given you gifts. You don't even know what they are. I know you took that little test at work. Listen. That test can't tell you everything. It just points you in somewhat of a direction. How many of y'all play golf? 
I'm a terrible golfer, but this is what I know. Where's the pin at? Over there? Okay, I'm hitting it that way. That's what I know. And that's all those tests do. Just kind of go that way, just that way, just somewhere that way. Holy Spirit, though, you're in the situation, and you didn't know you had that in you. But you're solving problems you didn't know you can solve. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has given you wisdom. He's given you understanding. He's dropping discernment on you right there in the moment. And you're knocking it out. And afterwards, you're looking at it like, I don't know how I did it. And God's saying, I do. It's by my spirit, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. You, you went through that interview. He's like, I never knew I could talk like that. And God's like, I did. That's the result of the Holy Spirit. And he's given us spiritual gifts. And a lot of times we try to use spiritual gifts as our identity. And God's like, this ain't your identity. This is just the tools that I'm putting in your box. There's more to you than that. But I'm going to give you some spiritual abilities that's going to have some impact. Amen. Here's the next thing. Number five, you can walk in spiritual liberty. That's called freedom. I want to settle this right now. You can be set free from whatever it is. If it's an addiction, you can be set free from it. I believe it. I have seen it. It could be mental health issues. You can be set free from it. Amen. And you say, how am I do it? Well, it's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And I just want to know, do you believe that God's spirit, that God himself has the very power to set people free Or are we just going to live with the condition for the rest of our lives and just write it off and say, this is how it is? You were meant to live in freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We got to do better than that. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? You can be free from guilt. You can be free from shame. You can be free from embarrassment. You can be free from all of those things. You can be set free from fear. Come on. You can be set free because fear is a spirit. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Come on, man. What are we doing? He's like, I didn't know all this, Pastor Wayne. That's why I'm telling you. Come on, man. Some of you are like, I want to fight somebody right now. Let's fight the devil, bro. Let's go. Devil, you ain't taking my family. You ain't taking me down like this. This is 2023. Getting fired up. Okay, here's the next one. Number six, you can walk in spiritual authority. Come on, somebody. We're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. In authority. I'm not talking about being bossy. If you think authority is just being bossy, you're missing it. And anybody who is in upper-level management, you know, being a boss ain't the easiest thing in the world. And we ain't doing it just because we like telling people what to do. I promise you, because people are people. They're awesome. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and just tell them right now, you are awesome. (laughs) You're awesome. Think of it like this. Is the person who struggled with that thing, and you could fill in the blank with whatever you think that thing might be, and that thing come around, and that person won't go down. 
because they got something in them that's greater than that thing that's standing in front of them. Oh, that temptation used to take me out. But now I got the Spirit of God in me. And I've overcome that temptation time and time again. And now, even though that temptation knocks on my door, I don't even answer it. It's like winning phone calls for solar panels. I don't even answer it. Trying to get me to give you my credit card number to pay my light bill. That's a scam. Ask Cynthia about that story. She'll tell you. His name was Steve. What was the badge number? Yo. She, Mama went to war. <laughs> Listen, temptation will knock on your door, but with the Spirit of God, you can say, uh-uh, get off my property. That's authority. Um, whenever things start coming against your family and you stand up in prayer and tell the devil, get your hands off my family, that's walking in authority. Come on. You see, there, there's a difference here. We're not talking about bossing people around. We're talking about standing in the place that God created us to stand in. That's authority. All of this is part of being spiritual, walking in spiritual responsibility, fulfilling a divine assignment. You have a calling. And the only way that happens is through the Spirit. Now, I want nothing more for us than 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love. I want it. Come on. You want it too. But I also need God to reveal it to me. But for God to reveal what he has for us, it starts with him revealing what's already in us. And this is where the work begins. Because you can hear that one of two ways. You can hear, well, here we go. <laughs> this is where the hellfire and brimstone comes in. No, no, no. This is, this is where the salvation comes in. Because we all know there are things in our lives that need to go. And we all know there are things in our lives we need to invite in. And here's my challenge for us as a church today, because in order for God to reveal what he has for us, there are things in us that he's got to, he's got to remove. There's just not room in your life for all of that. So every year when we kick off 21 days of prayer and fasting, it's simple. It's 21 days of getting closer to God by disconnecting from some things in our lives. And that's what fasting is, doing without so that I can connect more with God. A lot of people, listen, I have to be honest because we've done this for years and years. A lot of people see a fast and they start thinking, oh, I heard about fasting. And their mind automatically goes to some kind of meal plan or some kind of diet. That's not what I'm talking about. If you want to do that, fine, okay? But I'm not talking about how you look in the mirror, okay? I'm talking about how you look in your heart. Amen? How we are on the inside. We're dressing up a lot on the outside, but how we are on the inside. And what fasting does is this. I'm going to take something that is valuable, something that I feed off of, something that occupies my time, something that entertains me, and I'm going to put it aside for 21 days, 
And during those 21 days, I'm going to take the time that I would spend doing those things. And I'm going to spend that time getting closer to God. It's an exchange. I'm going to do without so I can get something within. Amen? Instead of eating all those meals all the time, I'm going to skip lunch every day. And during lunch, I'm going to sit in my car. I'm going to pull out my Bible, and I got it on my phone. And I'm going to spend 30 minutes reading my Bible and jotting some things down instead of just sitting there in the break room and eating that meal. I'm going to do it for 21 days. I'm going to change the kind of music that I'm listening to. I'm just giving you ideas. And instead of listening to all that crazy music, I don't even know what it's about, but I like the beat. Uh -uh. I'm going to take some time over 21 days and put on some praise and worship music and and listen to some stuff that's going to feed my spirit. Instead of scrolling hours and hours, listen, you know we're becoming like men with a remote control. We don't know what we want to watch. We're just flipping through the channels. We'll find something. I do it in the car even. I'm just scanning, scan, scan, scan. I don't, I don't like that song. Luke Bryan, I don't like that. Next song, next song. Seriously, I always hit scan when he comes on. But <laughs> just saying, keeping it real right here, 2023. I want to feed my spirit. Instead of scrolling, going to Scripture. Amen. Instead of seeing everybody else is crazy, I'm, I'm going to go see God. <laughs> Seriously. It's just simple things like that. Maybe you say, I'm going to turn the TV off for 21 days. Yeah. And take that time spending with God. Now, we have some fasting resources on our website. You can go to immersechurch.com, and there's two pages on there. There's uh, fasting resources goes through a number of different ideas for fasting, okay? There's also prayer resources. It talks about different kind of prayers you can pray, different ways to learn to pray. Listen, if you don't know how to pray, we want to help you. And I want to invite you on, on Wednesday night, come on out, 6.30. We'll have child care up through four years old. If you don't know how to pray, I personally will teach you how to do it. Personally. You say, you, you don't have time. You got this stuff. I will make time to teach you how to pray because that will change your life forever. You say, it's hard, Pastor Wade, to do these Wednesday nights with the kids. I know, but it's three of them. It's three of them. And I believe if you pray, God, we need the grace to do this with our kids, I believe God will give you the grace. You say they got bedtimes. Okay, you let them stay up that one time on Friday night to watch that movie that you didn't have to go in their bedroom later that night because they were having nightmares about, you know, the little cartoon characters and stuff. And so y'all were up to three in the morning. You can bring them to prayer night. Amen. And if they get to bed 30 minutes later, it's going to be all right. You've been there, done that before. It's for a good purpose. It's a spiritual purpose. Amen. You're not going to throw their lives off. God's hand is in it. I promise you. So I want to invite you out to our prayer nights starting Wednesday, the next three Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. It's going to make a difference in your life. It will. But I want to encourage you this year. Let's not do it the way we've done it. Let's not keep trying to muscle through stuff that only God can change. Maybe your marriage is struggling. and Y'all have gone to counselors. You had all the conversations. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Maybe it's time to say, God, I need you to work on my spirit. Yeah. I need you to work on my spirit. 
I need you to work on me. I know it, the temptation is to pray for everybody else. Everybody, God, you got to change my kids because they're about to drive me crazy. God, I need you to change me. Amen? I want you to stand on your feet as we close this morning. Here's my prayer for us. Psalm 51, verse 10. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to lock in. Don't leave yet. Just hang tight. It says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with a free spirit. Father, I pray now that you will remove some things from our lives that don't belong there. You'll restore some things in our lives. And God, you will renew us, a right kind of spirit within us. Come on, lift your hands all across this room. Let me pray over you. Let me minister to you. Father, I pray by your spirit that you would begin to work in lives all across this room. We've tried, but we've struggled. We've given our best effort, but now we need your spirit. We see it. We open our hearts now as we begin 21 days of prayer and fasting. We pray for your grace to be upon us. I pray now, God, you will begin to speak to people about some things to fast. I pray they will be dedicated to it, committed to it. But I pray most importantly, Father, they will allow you to fill up their lives. I pray, God, over the next 21 days, you will speak to hearts. You will speak direction. I pray, God, that you will answer prayers. I pray, God, that you will work miracles. You will restore families. Father, we're believing that the start of this year with a focus on you will set the tone for the entire year. We give you the first fruits. We give you these first weeks of the year. And God, I pray that it will have spiritual significance all throughout. Put something in our heart, Father, that's like a seed that will produce so much fruit through our year. In the name of Jesus. Now as your head bowed and your eyes are closed, if you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is where it begins for you. And it's simple. I will say it like this. It's time to surrender your life to God and begin to live life His way. Do it God's way. To repent and turn away from your sins and follow Jesus. And if you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, maybe you're away from God. Maybe you grew up in church, but through the years you've gotten away from God. Today, God is saying it's time to come home. It's time to come back and sit at the table. It's time to quit playing games. It's time to quit running. It's time to come home. I want to lead you in a prayer this morning. And I want you to repeat it after me. Say, dear God, I'm sorry. I've been living life my way. But today, I'm coming home. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and give me a new beginning, a fresh start. I give you my life. I thank you, Jesus, for giving me yours. Thank you for going to the cross 
and paying the price for my sins so that I could be forgiven. Today, Lord, I make the decision. I'm following you. I surrender to you. I'm all yours. I will live my life your way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Amen.